All right. Hey, guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus podcast. My name is Shane Winnings. This is episode 43, Paranormal Activity. We're going to get into some stuff today, and I hope that people's eyes are going to be opened, and we're going to tear down some strongholds and hopefully break through some walls that have been put up. First, I want to thank you for listening. We've officially surpassed uh, 70,000 streams, which is just bizarre to me, Um, and those are coming very quickly. I know yesterday we were at like 69,400 I believe, and today we're at 70,400, so we're, we're moving right along, and that's all because of people like you that are listening, and uh, I want to thank you for that. You're keeping us going. You're keeping me going, you know, and if you want to help me continue to be able to do this full-time, I am looking for some people to partner with our ministry. You can give through my website, shanewinnings.com. Or you can click on any of the links in the description of this podcast. There's ways to give through there. We're asking for people to consider giving up a a coffee or a meal uh, per month. You know, five to twenty, fifty dollars a month, just to partner with us and help us to keep going. We're going to do a lot more events. Um, I don't just do podcasts. I I travel the nation and preach. Next year, I want to go to. what country was I just invited to? I think it might have been Ukraine or Russia or somewhere. And uh, South America. There's just a lot of things going on. But I am a, an American missionary. I travel and preach in America. There's events I want to do, college campus tours, all kinds of things. And if you want to help me be able to continue doing that full time, I'm supported by donations. And so I want to thank you. And make sure you follow us. Follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Anchor. Hit the bell. Turn on notifications. It'll update you every time I post a new episode just like this one. So let's start with this. You know, I preached in Denver last year as part of my nationwide tour that I did. And there were about, I don't know, 25 people who met in the park in Denver. Um, We had probably an average of like 30 people, I would say, per meeting. Um, Some meetings in Arizona, we had 70, 80 people. Um, in California, we had like 80 people at one and we started doing deliverance and it jumped over a hundred, you know, people wanted to see what was going on. And then New York and Miami, we had several hundred, but we also had meetings of five or six people. It was incredible just to see who would show up, but every single place we went, someone was there. And that was amazing to me. But in Denver specifically, I really felt this message and, It's what I opened with. So I opened with this, and I'm going to open this podcast with this. I said, some of you don't believe God can speak to you, but you hear voices that tell you to kill yourself. Some of you don't believe that God heals today, but you believe in curses and karma. You say God won't heal, but the universe has power. Mother Nature or Mother Earth. You don't believe in God, but you believe in ghosts and paranormal activity. And then you wonder why you're oppressed and have nightmares and fear. I mean, it's true. Have we we stopped to think about this? There's people that don't believe in God or don't care to, but they are fascinated with ghosts, with haunted houses and shows about these things. Isn't that interesting? Why? It's because fear you can feel. 
You can sense it. You can experience fear. It doesn't require faith to feel fear. Like you don't have to go watch a scary movie in faith. You watch a scary movie, it's designed to provoke fear in you, to frighten you. There's a, it's because fear is a spirit. It is a spirit of fear. It's not just an emotion. This is why it's, it's so important that we as Christians abstain from things that are meant to create fear. I know Christians that watch scary movies, and I just wonder, genuinely, I'm not judging, but I just wonder, how can you watch something, even if you say, well, I don't get scared of it. Okay, but the heart of the movie is to scare. It's to be scary. And Jesus, that is not something that he came bringing. He didn't bring a spirit of fear. And the Bible says, you have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Why would you watch something where the producers, the directors, the actors, they are all trying their best to manifest this spirit of fear to make the movie as scary as possible? Why would you watch that? That's like that's like someone saying, oh, you know, I can watch uh, pornography, but I'm not lusting while I'm doing it. Like, it doesn't really affect me. You have to protect your spirit, man. You have to protect your eye gate. You have to protect your ear gate. Like, what are you letting in? Do you even, I'm using those words specifically, gate, ear gate, eye gate. Like, do you see your eyes and your ears as an entrance into your soul and into your heart and into your mind? Because if you don't, then you might not guard them. But if you see your soul and your mind and your heart as something that can be invaded, something that the enemy desperately wants to corrupt, then you will protect your eyes and your ears at all costs. But there are people that, you know, the reason I was saying this is because you don't have to walk into a scary movie in faith. Like, you can you can experience fear. But when it comes to God, we live by faith, not by sight. That is the opposite of this fear thing. And when I was writing this, it reminded me of Matthew 16, we're going to go there. Well, you know, I just I felt like saying this. Sometimes sometimes I remember the verse in the chapter cuz I'm familiar, but like I remember when I would hear people um and they would say, "Yeah, you know, the Lord took me to Matthew 16." And I would think like, "Wow, you remembered that it was in Matthew 16." And some people do. I think that's amazing. Um, but I didn't know that it was in Matthew 16. I just knew it was in the Gospels and I literally went on Bible Hub and I typed, uh, you you know, seeks a sign, because I knew that was part of the verse, and it was in Matthew 16. So that was an unnecessary breakdown, but I wanted you to know that I didn't remember that it was in Matthew 16. I had to Google search the verse, and then it told me where it was. So, you know, don't give me more credit than is due. Um, I have a good memory, and sometimes I can recall actual scriptures, but this wasn't one of them. And I don't know why I said that, but I just didn't want it to come off like, yes, I was in prayer, and God told me Matthew 16, and I went to Matthew 16. No, that does happen sometimes, but this wasn't one of them. Um, He just reminded me of this conversation between Jesus and the Pharisees, and I had to figure out where it was. Anyways, wrap it up, Shane. Matthew 16, 1 through 4. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came, and testing him, capital H, that's Jesus, 
asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Have you ever heard that saying, uh, red sky at night, sailors delight? Red sky in the morning, uh, sailors take warning? It's like an old saying. Jesus Jesus is even referring to this um, type of way to read the sky. Listen to what he says about it. Hypocrites! (laughs) You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given to you, or to it, rather, except the sign of the prophet Jonah. He left them and departed. Jesus is saying, you guys want a a sign? You guys are perverse. You live by feelings, and you live by senses. Now, it wasn't just the Pharisees that he called perverted or perverse in mind or a wicked generation, he said the same exact thing to his disciples who couldn't cast that demon out of the boy. And the dad had to bring the boy to Jesus who instantly delivered him because it's God's will to deliver and heal. But Jesus says, you perverted generation, you twisted generation. How long am I going to have to bear with you? When he's saying this perverted generation, what he's saying is you guys have a twisted mind. You don't, you're not living by faith. You're not expressing faith. You're not you're living sensually. That's why they're saying, show us something. We want to see, we want to feel, we want to experience, we want to witness. And he's saying, no, you're not going to get it. In fact, you're only going to get the sign of Jonah. Now, I was reading some different commentaries. This is an interesting one. I want to read over this. This is by uh, someone named Matthew Poole. Um, so here's what he says. He, he broke down five different points. And he was saying that, in a way, Christ was referring to Jonah as a type and a foreshadow of himself in different respects. Um, So number one, Jonah was thrown into the sea by the mariners to whom he had entrusted himself. Christ was delivered to death by the Jews to whom he was specially promised. Number two, Jonah was willingly thrown into the sea. Remember, he gave himself up. He admitted he is the one who wronged God, and he gave himself up to be tossed into the sea. Christ laid down his life, and man took it not from him. Okay, this guy writes like King James style. Man did not take Christ's life. He laid it down. Three, Jonah, by being cast into the sea, saved those on the ship. Christ, by his death, saved the children of men. Number four, Jonah, after he had been in the whale's belly, Three days was cast upon dry land. Christ, after three days, rose from the dead. Number five, the Ninevites, though upon the preaching of Jonah, made a show of repentance, yet returning to their former sins were soon after destroyed. So were the Jews within 40 years after Christ's ascension. So, as Jonah was many ways an imminent sign and type of Christ, our Lord, having referred to them, study this sign, would entertain no more discourse with them, but leaves and departed. So, Jesus tells them this, and then he dips out. He's saying, you guys are living sensually. And this is why we're talking about paranormal activity. Because it doesn't require faith. You can go get the spooks in a haunted house, or a scary movie, or by watching scary shows. People, they, they, 
get so many thrills over these things because it's living emotionally, it's living sensually. And this is the time for us as Christians to step out in faith in a world that is living by their senses. Examine yourself as we go through this podcast. Are you someone who lives that way? Maybe it's not to the extent that you try to go to haunted houses to feel something. But if you're honest with yourself, do you tend to live sensually? Do you need to see and hear and feel and experience things of God? Or are you content with living by faith, which is living and believing in something that you can't even see? This is a great time to look at yourself, to look inward and be honest with yourself and with God. And if it has been you, just say, God, I'm sorry. I've totally lived perverted in my mind. Perverted doesn't just mean sexual. Everyone thinks that. It just means twisted. Perverted is twisted. Wrong way of thinking. It is totally good. I'm saying totally a lot. I need to quit. I'm on, I'm on a, a totally roll. It's humble. It's honest to come before the Lord and say, God, I have so lived with the twisted mind. I've been double-minded. I've been looking for emotional, sensual confirmations and all these things. I want to live by faith. I want to be a person that lives by faith. I want to take you at your word. I don't want to be in the same category as those who live this way because I'm a Christian. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. I hear your voice. You hear my prayers. You said you'll never leave me. I'll never be ashamed for trusting in you. God, I just want to to follow you. This, This reminds me, I want to give you some encouragement. There's a story that um, is from the Old Testament. <clears throat> I can't remember where it is or even the guy's name, but it's in there. You can look it up. And it's about this guy who had favor with a king, and long story short, he ends up leaving, and he's gonna and he's taking his family, and he's going to cross this river, I believe it was, and the king had said hey, I'll I'll give you an army, you know, to protect you because the enemy is out there. And this guy said, I don't need that. Um, I have God to protect me. And I've, I've preached this before that some people might call that spiritual pride, but I just call that trusting in God. Like this guy, like, like you can't, you can't criticize someone who even goes against earthly wisdom and things that might seem like common sense if they're saying God is going to provide for me. Like, dude, that is a level of faith that we all need to be walking in. And you know what? If they die in that place of faith, they died in faith. You might call it foolish, but what do you think God is saying? Like, do you think someone is going to do something in faith and maybe they die and God's going to be like, wow, way to go, idiot. Like, way to go, stupid. That wasn't me. You didn't hear my voice. No. God is going to see like, oh my gosh, like this person is trying to hear my voice. They're going after it. They're, they're laying their life down believing they're hearing me. Like that kind of faith will be honored. It will be honored and it makes people uncomfortable. And so this guy turns down what the world would say is just wise. Like, dude, get yourself some help getting across the river. Like just get your family to safety. Why would you turn down armed support? And he says, no, God's going to provide. Well, it says that he gets to the river, 
or he gets near it and the enemy is nearby and he's he's worried and he's like, I don't know what to do because I have my family and there's no way we can cross right now. We'll get killed. Listen to what it says. This has encouraged me so much because I've had people tell me in my life that I was living in spiritual pride because I didn't want to do this or I didn't want to do that. I was just following God. Even as far as like, I, I try not to take any medication. Like, I don't remember the last, this isn't bragging, I'm just, I'm letting you in. I don't remember the last time I took a Tylenol or an Advil or a, any, I, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, my personal conviction, I don't want to take it. I just want to trust in the Lord. Now, there's no, there's, there's, no condemnation if you're like, dude, I have a headache, I've prayed all day, I've drank water, I had some caffeine, like I worked, I did everything I could, I have enough sleep, I ate, nothing is helping, I'm going to take some Tylenol. That's perfectly fine. Take it in faith. Don't lay your faith down so you can take the Tylenol. Just say, Lord, you know, I know you're going to touch my body, I thank you for loving me, I, that, this headache's just not seeming to go, I'm going to take this Tylenol, I thank you, there's no condemnation in Christ, and I just believe that you're working all things in my body for good, I thank you that it's your will to heal me, and I know this headache's going to leave, and then you just take the Tylenol, you just do it in faith, like don't be condemned, Dan Muller does a great teaching on this, but where I'm at right now, I just feel convicted not to, I want, I want God to be my healer, like I'm not taking anything, as as much as I can help it, and I haven't had to in a couple of years, and uh, and I used to take ibuprofen all the time for different pains from lifting or work or whatever. Anyways, the reason I'm saying that is because this guy reaches this point where people would call him prideful spiritually, like, dude, you're in spiritual pride, just go get help. Listen to what he says in the Bible. He says the thought of going back to the king and asking for help. After he already said, I don't need help, God will provide, it made him feel ashamed. He would have felt ashamed if he would have gone back on his word, God will provide. Because now it's going to look like, oh, where's God? I thought he was going to provide. Now you want my help? He didn't want to live that way. And so it says this, he stopped what he was doing and he prayed and he fasted until the Lord gave him an answer. And he and his family later safely crossed without being seen. The Lord hid them and gave them like a, another route to take or something like that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is literally the opposite of living by feelings and senses. This guy was facing possible death of him and his whole family. He led his family to this place where they could be slaughtered by the enemy. And you, I wonder even how his wife was. Maybe his kids, were they old enough to be like, Dad, just get some help. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to get us all killed. Now, I hope they weren't like that. I hope they were solid believers and they're like, we trust you. We know you're hearing God. But how many people would call this guy spiritually prideful? Dude, are you kidding? And we saw that during COVID. Dude, are you kidding me? Just get the vaccine. Like, what do you think you are? Yeah, God heals, but like he also gave us medicine. No one said that that didn't, doesn't happen. But there are people, I'm one of them, that just said, man, I have this conviction, God's going to protect me, I'm not taking that thing. And that's my family's position, and you know what? We were prepared for the consequences, good or bad, but we were staying in a place of faith, because the Bible says anything not done in faith is a sin. 
And so your conviction might be different from mine. But when I have a conviction that I believe is from the Lord, I have to stand on it because I'm not accountable to anyone else at the end of the day. I'm accountable to God. Even when I stand before the Lord one day, I won't be standing with my wife. I won't be accountable to Jessica. Now, because I'm accountable to God for everything I do, it causes me to honor and steward her well. But you need to get your priorities in order. You are going to give an account to God for the decisions that you made. I am not going to be caught in sin because I violated my conscience and shipwrecked my faith because I went against a conviction. This guy was standing in a place where most of the church at large that I saw during COVID was quick to point a finger. And they would have said, dude, you're in spiritual pride. What do you mean God's going to protect you? Yeah, God protects us through other people sometimes. Like we have police, we have military, right? This guy offered you help and you turned it down because God's going to protect you? Are you kidding me? That could sound smart and wise in some circles, but listen to this. Which one do you think God honors? That voice or the voice that says this? Lord, I know there's a military out there. I know there's people that want to protect me, but I just really believe that you're speaking to me and you're saying, keep your eyes on me. I'm providing a way for you. So God, even though it goes against everything inside of me, even though my flesh is crying out and wants protection from the military, I'm going to trust you. I'm trusting you with my life and the life of my family. We are going to go out without any protection because God, we know that you are the provider, you are the protector, and we put our trust in you. That is full on belief and leaning on the power of God. Because if God doesn't show up, you're dead. How do you know you're walking in reckless abandonment and total faith in God? If he doesn't show up, you're dead. That's it. He could have easily got the military. They could have crossed no problem. Guess what? God's not getting any glory for that. This guy is saying, dude, I am going all in because I believe this is God. And if it doesn't work out, we're dead, but we die in faith. And the thought of him going back and asking for help made him feel ashamed because he already took a stand. And when you take a stand, you don't back down. When you take a stand in faith, you don't back down. Now listen, if you take a stand and you, sh- you find out that you were wrong, like don't hear what I'm not saying. If you take a stand on an issue and you find out that you were wrong, you need to repent and apologize, okay? If you take a stand and you get corrected, you need to apologize. But when you take a stand in faith and then push comes to shove, you don't back down. The enemy's going to test you. He's going to try you in your faith. Guess what? That is your chance to shine. This guy was facing death with his family, and he said, I don't care that we're in the face of death. I remember what I said, that God was our provider, and so I'm going to pray and fast until we get an answer. He prayed and fasted. They got an answer. That is living by faith. I want to ask you today, is that something that you even remotely identify with? I'm not asking that condescendingly or sarcastically or like I'm holier than thou looking down on you. I'm asking you truly to examine yourself. Do you identify with that at all? Because if you don't, you should see that there is a place for you to walk in faith that offends people. It doesn't set out to offend, but when you walk in faith like that, it will offend people. Think about this guy's best friend. Maybe this guy's best friend was also a believer, but he's like, dude, 
What do you mean you're going out without the military? Like, come on, man. He might even say something that's smart. Look, man, you've got a, you've got a whole life to live. You've got people to reach for God. You've got to further his kingdom. You don't want to die here. Just take the help. Come on, we get advice like that. Come on, man, don't don't go die for the gospel. Like you you still have years to live to spread the gospel. And this guy's like, "No, dude. I I hear what you're saying. I appreciate you, but I am going without help because I know God's going to provide." You might offend your friend who's given you good advice and you're just like, dude, I appreciate that advice and it's really good, but it is actually against where I'm standing in faith. I need to do this. You're going to ruffle some feathers. You got to be willing to do that. You have to be willing to take a risk. And I'm not talking to you as someone who's never done this. Perfect example. My wife got, uh, we had spiritual warfare happen big time during our pregnancy. We had a great pregnancy, but seven months in, she get thrown into a seizure. Felt super demonic. And because of that, we ended up dropping care with our midwife. And we were like, we're still going to have this home birth. And we planned on having a home birth unassisted. We just had a friend who was a doula fly in. In our room. And we literally had people close to us that were close with the Lord, loved the Lord. And they're like, I don't know, I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't know if this is God. Now I'm not blaming them. Like they're they're we're all wrestling with what's God and am I being wise and am I being But I can tell you that. You're never going to lose if you're walking in faith. Remember, faith is believing in something that you cannot see. God is not going to strike you down because you thought you heard his voice. Are you hearing me? So Jess and I said, hey, we're going to move forward with this home birth unassisted against the midwife's wishes. She wanted us to go to a neurosurgeon, a neuroscientist, all these neurologists, all of these things, get on medication. What if you could have an ongoing seizure during the birth? You could die. You could kill your kid. And the whole time, we just really felt like God was saying, none of that is going to happen. Just trust me. And so we were like, hey, I'm sorry, but we don't believe any of that's going to happen. We believe God's telling us to do this, so we're going to do it. And she was like, okay. Listen, I'm a Christian too, but like I'm just telling you that this is what could happen medically. And I, w- I had to put my foot down and I said, listen, I hear what you're saying, but you're not hearing what I'm saying. We understand all the medical stuff you're giving to us. We know you're doing your job and we appreciate it. I'm telling you that God has spoken. And so that's what we're going to listen to. And the words God has spoken is that you are still going to have this home birth and I'm going to be with you. And so that's what we're going to do. And I said, I really appreciate you, but I don't want to hear one more word about medical advice because this isn't a medical issue. We're going in faith. That was offensive to that midwife because I rejected her medical advice. Not this. Don't go apply this in your own life. I'm walking in relationship with the Lord. So is my wife. And we're following him where he takes us. If you just go try to apply this to your own life and say, oh, I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to reject all medical advice. You, That's not wise. This isn't a method. This is about walking with someone that you know and you love and you trust. We have a relationship with God and we're walking in faith with him on what he's told us. I'm not going off of someone else's story. We're not walking in someone else's revelation. I'm not applying a method from someone else's situation. This is what happened for us. And if you're walking in a similar situation, you need to hear God. Don't just apply what I'm saying to your life because it doesn't work that way. Just a disclaimer. 
okay? Now, because I could hear this story out of the Bible and go, oh, God's going to protect me. I'm going to take my family to South Dallas and walk through the most dangerous neighborhood just because I know God's going to protect me without police help. Like, that's just not wise. That's not, there's no reason for that. I need to take the principle and get a revelation of this story and understand that it's about a man who was willing to follow God's voice above anything else. So I'm asking you, as someone who's walked through this and will probably walk through it again because that's life, are you walking that way? Or are you living sensually? Do all of your decisions just come down to what makes sense? Well, this is practical. That's easy. I mean, obviously I'm going to have, I'm going to do this. That's, or do you check with God and say, God, what do you want? Because if we're living sensually, then we'd look at the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 7, and we would say, um, the dude had an army of 32,000, and the Lord took him down to 300. I don't know if that's God, because they were facing an... A, a, an a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I literally blanked out. I'm trying to think of a word for like more than you can count. An, an innumerable sized army. They took 300 people to fight an army that couldn't even be counted. It ended up being like 120,000. Now, living sensually, living wise would be like, dude, we need all the fighters we can get. Like, I don't know if that was God. Or maybe it was God, but I don't know if he's really thinking straight. I mean, let's be honest. We've had thoughts like that. You hear something from God, it totally goes counter to what you think, and you're like, psh, I don't know if that was God. Because the easy thing to do is say, what, we're going into war? We need more soldiers, more guns, more ammo, more resources. It's actually opposite to send 31,700 people away. But the Bible even says God did this so that Gideon would know that he didn't do it. God will get the glory. Are you living a life where God can get the glory? Or are you living sensually where you're getting by, but no glory is going to anyone? Listen, you're a Christian. You were created to thrive and that God would get the glory through your life. You were not created to just survive and make it. Let these stories, let these teachings be an encouragement to you. Let's not live like the world who's fascinated with fear and paranormal activity And they believe in these things, but they don't follow God. Let's not even be Christians who entertain these things, but we will not walk in faith. Final thought, I will say this. Paranormal activity, it's totally real. Demons, ghosts, spirits, totally real. And the only way to overcome them is by the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ. You need to stop meddling around and messing around with fear and ghosts and demonic things. Give your life to Christ who has overcome all of these things and the world. And you will see what I'm talking about. You can't live by faith if you're living by your flesh. And you cannot live by faith if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. And you cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit unless you are born again. Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Give your whole life to him. Turn from your sins and follow Jesus. Be filled with the Spirit and walk in faith today. Amen? Amen. All right, well, 
That was a fun one. Listen, if this encouraged you at all, if it spoke to you, please share this. Blow this up. Let People are going to jump all over it because of the name, Paranormal Activity. I did that on purpose. Share this. Send it to some friends who don't believe in Jesus. Let them find out what they think. You know, this could be an easy icebreaker. Say, hey, this is a Christian guy I follow. He's talking about ghosts and stuff. What do you think of it? That is a pretty uh, open invitation for them to just check it out. And who knows? Maybe they'll hear the gospel and get saved. Make sure you like this podcast if you like it. Please give us a rating and a review on Spotify and Apple. Tell us in Apple on Apple what you like about it on the podcast app. What do you like about this podcast? People read these reviews, and I'm telling you, the more we get, the more that Apple will promote this podcast, more people will hear the gospel. Um, if you need help in overcoming or turning fear to faith, well, that's perfect. I have a book that I wrote. It's a nine-week devotional, and the back top literally says, from fear to faith in 63 days. Do you struggle with fear or anxiety? Do you want your faith to last and not give out when hard times come? That's why I wrote this devotional. It's only 10 bucks. It's amazing. Um, and I only say that because, well, it, the fact that it's $10 is amazing. But if you go look, we have thousands of copies sold and go look at the reviews on Amazon. People are saying that it's changed their lives, and that's amazing to me. That's how I know God is speaking through it, not just me. Um, it's called I Will Always Overcome, and you could buy it on Amazon, ebook, or paperback, or you can get it on my website, which just links you to Amazon. Again, that's shanewinnings.com. If you're looking to finish or start your education after high school, you need to check out Faith International University. It is an accredited Bible college. We've literally had people transfer from Liberty, from Lee, from other universities to finish their degree or start one at Faith IU. Um, You can check it out at faithiu.edu. It's incredible. You can go online. You can go at your own pace where all of your stuff is due at the end of the week. Um, So go to faithiu.edu, click request information, and my friend who's the dean of students and vice president will respond to you. And just let him know, hey, I found this through Shane Winning's podcast. Again, you can find me on social media, YouTube, just search for my name, Instagram, Shane.Winnings, and we are going to pray for healing before we wrap this up. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for every person that is listening to this podcast. I pray, God, that you would touch them right now and that, Lord, every sickness, every bit of pain, all limitation, All disease would go right now in the name of Jesus. Get out in Jesus' name. Bodies be healed now in Jesus' name for the glory of God. Amen. Amen, guys. Test your bodies out. Send me a DM on Instagram with what happened to you. Believe we're going to see more and more healings through these prayers. And I will pray tomorrow during that episode as well. We'll see you next time.